If you've been with us, we've been doing a series uh, called uh, This is Jesus. And we've been talking about the I am's out of the Bible in the Gospel of, of John. And we just want to welcome you back because we're here. you've chosen to worship with us to celebrate on the greatest event in history. I mean, it dates change from B.C. to A.D. AD. And, you know, we're, we're here to talk about a resurrection of the Son of God, our Savior, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we came to celebrate. We're ending our series this morning with uh, This is Jesus. And we've been talking, we've, we've shared three of the seven I am's. And there's many I am's in the Gospel of John. There's one that says, I am the gate, I'm the door, which uh, you must enter. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except through me. We talked the last couple of weeks, we talked, I am the light of the world. We talked about, I am the bread of life. And last week, I talked about, I am the good shepherd. But this morning, today, I want to look at a statement that is so fitting for Easter and for this weekend. And it's this. It said, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. And, and it goes on to say, and he says, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Say it when we say, I am the resurrection and the life. You know, if you came to church this morning, and, uh, you know, if your children are here, you're dismissed. We can go ahead and dismiss our OSC kids. They're waiting. What, where are we? When are we leaving? Okay, thank you. Thank you. The, the workers are going, thank you, Pastor Bubba. I'm just, I, you know, all the, all right, praise God. And so give it up for them. But, you know, I, when I look at that, thank you for the two people that gave it up for them. But uh, when, I, when I look at this and I think about this, I mean, I've never, I've never uh, seen a person resurrected. I've, I've, I've never experienced, the only thing I've ever experienced, the closest thing that I can experience to resurrection is a squirrel. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was running, and I run by this place, and they have this squirrel. He's dead. He's dead on the sidewalk. And, you know, it's like I just went over there and I was running. I felt kind of sorry for the squirrel. So I, I just kind of put my tennis shoe on the squirrel. It's, it's, I didn't wear my tennis shoes if I would have. Maybe there had been resurrection. But I had my tennis shoes and I just put my tennis shoe on this little squirrel. I felt for, sorry for him. I said, Lord, just touch this little squirrel. And all of a sudden, the squirrel, I promise you, came back to life. <laughs> and when he came back to life, he bit my my shoe, and I had to do this, you know, get it off my thing. So that's the closest thing that I've ever come to resurrection, okay? Just let you know. I have a friend that'll be here this year, and you've been in maybe some services. His name's Harry Gomes. He's from India, and he's literally prayed for people that have been, they've had the funeral service and prayed over them, and people came back from the dead. They had a resurrection. So what, when Jesus made the statement, he's talking about what a resurrection is just a clear resurrection is when someone dies, and they come back to life. That's what resurrection is. And so when Jesus said the statement about himself, he actually said this. He said, in the context of a much broader story, he's talking about another guy who died and didn't stay dead, and his name was Lazarus. And so this morning, what I want to do, I want to read you some of the story. We're going to go through some of the story, and we're going to look at three different ways that I believe many of us, many of us die on the inside. You know, there's many people that walked in here this morning. They're dead on the inside. But I'm just here to tell you, you will see how the resurrection of Jesus brings what was dead back to life on the inside. And so this morning, if you look with me, first, uh, John chapter 11 and verses 1 through 3, and it says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He was actually so sick, we know this, that he died, okay? And, um, and so he was dead. Not just dead, he was dead. 
And we're going to see this. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Verse 3. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. So what happens is there there, there, there are a lot of people here today. I believe this. And in the first service, and they're celebrating this season. They're celebrating this season. It's Easter. But there's also a lot of people here today that are hurting on the inside. And see, I believe this. In fact, some of you maybe heard this. You know, it's like you may have heard bad news this week. Someone that you love, they go, they came to you and said, man, they're sick. Or someone that you really care for, you're close to, and someone gave diagnosis, man, they have cancer, or they have something worse than that, and, you know, things aren't looking good, or that someone came and they, they told you, hey, you know what, that job that you really love and that you really like, it's going away. There may be some of you here this morning, you thought you had, you, you, man, you got married, you go, I'm in the dream marriage, and your dream marriage has come to a, to a nightmare marriage. Or you've had a close friend, and, this is, and you're thinking, man, we got close, but this is not working out anymore. Or maybe the principal calls you, and they're here, they're calling you not to tell you your child has, has, has made the honor roll, but they called you and told you that there's things just aren't happening, things aren't good going on with your child and some sometimes it's just terrible you know what i'm talking about but see now in the middle of this jesus was saying something that was amazing he says this watch what he says in verse four but when jesus heard about it he said lazarus sickness will not end in death no no it happened for the glory of god look what it says so that the son of god will receive glory from this. What is that? This is the very thing you, you, you never want to hear or really happen in your life. You know, something bad has to happen and something good's going to come out of it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We're gonna, we don't like the bad. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anybody like the bad? Okay, well, anybody want some bad? Okay, we'll pray for you. Anyway, no, we don't want to do that. But what happened? He's going, he's saying this. He said, he's, he's at this point where he said, God is going to bring glory to himself through the worst news that you can ever imagine. And so what happens? Let me give you a few a, a little summary of verse 5 through 14 so we don't have to read that. And everybody believes Jesus is going to come and help, okay? They send a message. Everybody thinks he's going to have. And so what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do in this story? You know what Jesus does in this story? Nothing. Nothing. Nada. Zippo. N- not nothing. Okay? And all of a sudden, what happens is for two days, he doesn't do anything. And they're freaking out. But you know what? He's just hanging out. Is they're freaking out. You know, like that song, freak out. You know, remember that one? Okay. And so what happens is two days later, he says to his disciples, hey, let's go to Judah. And they're like, Lord, if you go to Judah, it will kill you. And he said, no, my baby, you know, no, Lazarus is falling. He said, no, 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 Lazarus is falling asleep. We need to go and wake him up. And they're like, they're saying, well, Lazarus, it's not like Lazarus was tired and he was taking a nap. Okay, he was saying, here's the metaphor. He was really saying, he's dead, and we need to go raise him up from the dead. So he's really saying. So I want to do, I want you to look at three, I want to look at three different people this morning in this story to kind of help us get the point of where I want to go. And there's three characters in this story. The one is Thomas, okay? We know he's one of the disciples, and we all want you to look at another one. It's Mary. It's one of Lazarus' sisters. And then we're going to look at another one that's also another sister, and her name is Martha. We're going to see three different ways that people die on the inside. 
through these characters in this portion of Scripture. And so what? And so perhaps you're at the point in your life, and some of you think, me and I, I, you know, I can relate to one. Maybe you can, when I share these points, maybe you can relate to one of these that I'm about to share. So we know that Thomas, we know, most people know him. He was what? Doubting what? Doubting Thomas. We know, and if you look at his real name, his real name was Didymus. It sounds like a good rapper's name or a bad rapper's name. Just, well, what's up? What's your name? Didymus, man. Anyway, whatever. And, and so he was known as Doubting Thomas. So number one is Thomas. He was dead in his doubt. See, Thomas, his nickname was Didymus or twin, and said to his the fellows, let's go too and die with Jesus. What a, you know? And how many of you would be honest enough to say that you've had spiritual doubts at some point in your life? Come on. Anybody want to be honest here? You've had some doubts. Come on. All right. Well, all right. Uh, raise your hand if you had some doubts. Let's give you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for being honest. And the rest of you, that those that didn't raise your hand, you can sit there and just polish your halo. Okay. But uh, we, we talk about, I'm talking to real people this morning. We all have our doubts, don't we? And see, everyone has prayed a prayer, God, could you do this? Or could God, when we think, boom, he's going to come right there. How many are talking about? And he just doesn't come, and, and they're bombarded maybe with doubts. Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he show up when he was supposed to? I thought God said that he would, or perhaps you believed in God. Just like me, when I was, at, when I was in school, I always believed in God. I remember going to religion class, and I had a teacher named it was Dr. Harry Bollock. And I remember going to Dr. Bollock's class, and he was talking about the Bible, and he was saying, you know, well, these are just, these are just examples, but these really never really happened. They really never took place. And then he started talking about evolution and how he actually, he's a doctor of theology teaching us about evolution and then we came out of a monkey and I raised my hand and said, Dr. Bollock, you're not going to make a monkey out of me, I believe. You know, and I just remember, I didn't know anything really about the Bible. I didn't, couldn't argue with him. But I just knew I didn't, no one was going to make a monkey out of me, all right? You know what I'm saying? And so what happens what happened is I remember, you know, you can have that innocence and you can go to college, you can go to some class and people kind of put doubts in your mind or in your heart. But we know that if, if he's all powerful, why didn't he just step in in our circumstance or our situation? Why didn't he step in? And suddenly you're like Thomas. There's something on the inside of you that a little bit died in your doubts. Maybe you're not like Thomas, but maybe you're like Mary. She was dead. You know, maybe, you know, you weren't in the doubts, but you're dead in your discouragement. You see, Martha was dead in her discouragement. It just doesn't do anything. You know, some of you go, man, it's just nothing good's happening anymore. Or, or, you know what? I can't get a break. You ever feel that? I just can't get a break. Everything seems like everything falls apart. I get in my car, it dies. I get out, go to Walmart, I trip over the, the curb, and I get in Walmart, and I about break my ankle, and I get inside, and, you know, I slip because they just mopped. And, you know, and I get up, and I got to, I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about? And they just say, the blue light special just left over, and that's what you went to Walmart for. Just ain't going your way. You know? Mary was so discouraged. You see, if you look in John verse 20, he said, when Martha got the word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But look at this. But Mary stayed in the house. She was like, I ain't going. She's like, why bother? I don't even need to go out there. He's already dead. There's nothing I can do anyway. What can I do? Maybe, honestly, that's where some of you are right now. 
You see, you just think, I can't change anything. I, I'm always going to feel alone. I'm always going to be in this depression. I'm always going to be stuck in a dead-end job. I'm always going to have the marriage that I thought that I would. I'm always going to be in this dead-end marriage, and I thought I would have this marriage, and I'm just stuck. Some of you, that may be where you are right now. You're going, you know what? Uh, you're not going to show it because, can, you know what? You're not going to show it to this morning because it's Easter. You can wear a smiley face this morning. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, how's it going, Easter? <laughs> you have all your Christian lingo. Hey, how's it going, Easter? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You hadn't said that in years. How you doing? Glory to God. Resurrection. What's up? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, Come on y'all feel me? You see? But see, what happens, you're smiling on the outside, but on the inside, you're really discouraged. You see, the third thing is Martha was dead in her delay. What happened? John, look at here. It just took too long. How many think you go through things that it just took too long? You give up. Okay, let's, let's talk about it. Let's see. Okay, so we know that Thomas deals with doubts. Mary deals with discouragement, but Martha deals with delay. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if, you know what you've, you've heard, if. There's ifs in the Bible, there's buts in the Bible. It's where you put your if and where you put your but in the Bible, okay? And so he says, only if you had been there, my, my brother would not have died. God took too long. Jesus should have come back earlier, and he didn't. Why did he take so long? God, why are you taking so long? Why does this matter? In that time when Martha was living and Mary and Thomas and all them, they had, it's not, it's not, um, it's not theology, it's not uh, um, a biblical thing, but they, they felt like back in those days, if it was actually folk, Folklore, folklore is that if you died, that your spirit would be with you for at least three days, hovering over you. But see, what happened is it was four days. So they thought he was dead, dead. You understand me? Oh, the spirit's gone. He's gone. He's dead. And like, there's dead and dead. He was dead. Okay? So what happens is, so in her mind, Lazarus wasn't just mostly dead. He was way dead. Not only that, he was dead, dead. And I like the way King James said, he said, like, even when, when, she, when they started thinking like Jesus was going to roll the stone, when she goes, Lord, he stinketh. He stinketh. He's so dead, he stinketh. So what happens is, you know, look at it. He said, Lord, verse 21, he said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would have not died. Some of you right now. You can relate. You feel dead in your delay. You're waiting for some, some answered prayer. Come on, am I in the right church this morning? You know, I mean, you got maybe have a young Christian girl this morning. She's been praying for her husband. You could be here this morning, and you're like, I'm, I'm serving Jesus, but I, I want to get married. And, man, I just keep being the maid of honor, but I'm never the bride. You know, or, or my friends, they're all going to the clubs, they're doing the jiggy-jiggy. I don't get to do the jiggy-jiggy, I'm just doing my, is it okay to say jiggy-jiggy in church? 
Okay, thank you. And they're, they're getting married, and I'm not. I'm discouraged. I'm looking for that good, that good-looking man that loves God. What's the delay, Lord? You've delayed. It's too long. Feel discouraged. Feel dead. Maybe you're a married couple, and you've been praying for a baby. You're in a life group here in our church, and, you know, everybody else is getting pregnant but you. And then someone gets triplets, and you can't even have one. I mean, I never had that problem. I just look at my wife, and bam, she's pregnant. <laughs> Zach and Claire don't have that problem either. It's generational blessing anyway. Praying, are you praying for someone to meet Jesus? And the more you pray, the harder they seem to get. And the further they seem to go. And you go, why in the heck am I praying anyway? They're just, they're doing all their thing, doing this and stuff. I don't even know. I mean, I don't even want to pray for them. Ever feel that way? Or you're praying and believing God to heal somebody. And you serve God. And you believe all things are possible to him who believes. Yet you pray and God just isn't doing it. You feel, you feel dead in the delay. If that's you today, I hope that you will never forget that God's delays, listen to me, and I want you to hear me, God's delays are never God's denials. Can I say that again? God's, it's, you missed something good to shout at. God's delays are not God's denials. Just because God hadn't done something yet doesn't mean God is not still in charge and has a plan. In fact, what you're going through right now and what you're facing right now, in this moment, God's going to use that down the road to bring glory to him. And you don't even see it. You see, up to this point, Lazarus is dead. Thomas is freaking out. Mary's depressed. Martha's mad. Sound like you're home? <laughs> Chapter 11, verse 22, and even now. Boy, you need to underline that one. I'm going to go on that one in just a minute. Even now, I know that God will give whatever you ask. Even though they were dead in delay, dead in discouragement, dead in doubts, some of you have to have an even now moment with God. Even now. Even now. You know, you're stuck in time. And you, let your, you need to let your faith come alive. You need, to let, you, know, you need to believe that even now, all things are possible with God. All things. God can make what seems. He is the God of the impossible. He makes everything that seems impossible possible. Are you hearing me? And so what happens is, think about it. Some of you right now need an even now moment. Say it with me. Say, even now. Come on, say it. You're going to preach with me now. Even now. See, even now when you're discouraged, the presence of God can come and build your faith. Even now, when you feel alone, the presence of the Holy Spirit can bring overwhelming peace to your body, your soul, and your spirit. Even now, God can reach into your jacked up family and bring healing and forgiveness and harmony where there seems there could not be any. Even now, come on, even now, God's looking at the impossible. And God said, you serve God. He says, all things are possible. Even now. When there's something that is dead, the resurrection of Christ Jesus can bring it back to life. That's what Jesus did. In verse 23, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. And look, Martha, yes, Martha said, he will rise whenever, when everyone else rises, Lord, at that last day. 
Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, even after dying. See, she was confused. She was thinking a different resurrection. He didn't say, I'm able to resurrect, but I am the resurrection, he said. And he said that it, it's not just that, it's not just what he does. Can I just look at me? It's not what he does, it's who he is. It's not what he does, it's who he is. What do you mean, Pastor Brad? I didn't, you know what? The resurrection is not an event, it's a person. Let me say that again. It's not an event, it's a person. You know, what do you mean, Pastor Bubba? The the resurrection, see, dead things don't stay dead when resurrection walks in the room. And the resurrection, Jesus looks at this tomb where Lazarus is sitting and he's staying and he stinketh. Remember that. Look what he says. Verse 39. Y'all with me? Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he'd been dead for four days. I'll just do the King James. He stinketh. That means he stank. Jesus responded, did I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? So they rolled the stone away. Then Jesus looked to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But he said it loud. Why did he say it loud? I don't know. Maybe dead people can't hear well. But he said it loud. He said it loud. That's all I know. But when it says this, the same, he said, for the sake of those people that are standing here, so that they may believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And you know the story. He comes out. He's all bound, and he said, let him go. Isn't it amazing, the contrast between two stones being rolled away? They go to see Jesus, and Jesus tells his disciples to roll the stone away. And I think about the the women in the morning when they're going, they're going to go wash his body. And they go, man, and they're getting there. And it's just like women, they're talking. You know, they can talk about different things. Hey, what do you want to do? And they get to the thing, and right before they get there, they go, oh, girl, there ain't enough of us to roll that stone away. Who's going to roll the stone And we know who rolled the stone away. Jesus himself. You see, I believe this. Some of you have lost your faith, your hope. You're dead in your delay. You're discouraged. And you've got doubts. And I just believe this. You feel trapped in a tomb. And you feel like you don't have enough strength for the stone to get moved away. Are y'all with me? On Easter, I want to remind you that Christ has rolled the stone away. The same voice that called Lazarus to come out is telling you, come out. Come out of your discouragement. Come out of your delay. Come out of your doubts. Come out. Your sins can be forgiven. Not because of you're good, because he's good. You can be free, not because you're strong, but because he's strong. You can be free in his presence, not because you deserve it, but because he's good. The resurrection is not what he does. It's who he is. You see, why does it matter? Because because God did something in love and mercy. You know what he did? This is what he did. 
He came and he saw that we're not capable of doing it ourselves. So he sent his son. We know this, that Jesus was born of a virgin. Why is a virgin so important? Because you know why? He wasn't born. He didn't inherit. He wasn't born by an earthly father that didn't inherit a sin nature. He was, Mary was impregnated by the spirit of the living God, a heavenly father, that he could be the spotless lamb, the sacrifice on the cross for you and me, the ultimate sacrifice that can bring, bring freedom in our lives and they can hang him on the cross. The Bible says he was bruised for our transgression, beaten for our sin. Listen, he was all of that. Jesus took on all my sins, all your sins, everything. The greatest comeback in all of history. When the devil thought he had him down. When the world, disciples were discouraged. They had their doubts. He wasn't coming back. And he looked at his father and he said, Father, it is finished. That was a Friday. I like what the old African-American preacher said. Friday. They done put my Jesus in the grave. They crucified him. They were, the disciples ran off. They were gone. There was doubts up in their heart. But that was Friday, but Sunday was a coming. Amen. He said, Friday. They said, that's it. But they didn't know Sunday was a coming around the corner. And let me tell you something. I believe this. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Whoever believes in me will never die. See, let me just tell you something. I knew it in my head as a kid that Jesus loved me. I loved the little song, Jesus loves me, this I know. Father. I learned that at five years old at University Methodist Church in Lake Charles, Louisiana. As I grew up, I saw a lot of things. We didn't miss a Sunday on Easter or Christmas. Now, we missed a lot of other Sundays when I was little, but we didn't miss Easter and Christmas. We dressed up. But you know what? There came a moment in my life, an even now moment. May 15th, 1980, on a Wednesday at 2 o'clock, God called my name. I'd been mad at my mama. I was living out of the house, all that. Just cussed her out on the phone. That's not a lie. And I remember I said, Mom, I think I need to talk to this guy. It was Pastor Jacob. And I think I need to talk to that guy. And she goes, she, my mama didn't want to take any. She you stay right there. I'm coming to pick you up. So she came and picked me up in case I changed my mind. And I remember. He just started sharing with me. He said, Bob, if you confess your sins, he's faithful. He's just to forgive you. And he says he has no sin. as a liar. And the truth is not in him. But if you confess your sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all the junk. See, I always try to compare myself with other people. How many of you I'm talking about? Well, I'm not as bad as them. I'm good compared to them. You know what I mean? I don't go hang out at the such and such, you know, bar, but I go to the keg and Mother's Mantle, but I don't go to, you know, it was that, there was one bad bar, I can't remember the name of it, it was so bad anyway. And I remember, I don't go over there with him. I can remember when I was, I was working offshore. And I remember I thought that, you know, when I put my Bible in my duffel bag that my grandmother had sent me, but I put it at the bottom. No one knew I had a Bible, but me and God knew I had a Bible. Come on. I was mission impossible. God was on a mission. It seemed impossible. Okay? Because no one was going to find out I had a Bible in my, back, my, 
no duffel bag. But I just tell you what, because this, this was my theology. God, if the boat goes down or the helicopter falls into the water and I die, me and you meet each other. And I pull out my Bible and I go, God, that was my key to open the gate to get in and let Peter let me in. Are you understand what I'm saying? That was my theology. But you know what? That even now moment, on that morning, that day, I bowed my knee. Said, God, even now, all my junk, all the things that I've done in my life, Thought I was God's gift to women. Thought I was God's gift to the world. Thought I was, I was proud. I was arrogant. I thought I had it together, but inside I was messed up. I had my doubts. I had my discouragement. I had, I didn't, you know, I had all those things. I remember bowing my knee and crying out to God for the first time, really crying out to God, confessing who I was. I repented. That's what you have to do. Repentance comes, just, it's just, it means this, got to come. I've messed up. I need you in my life. At an even now moment, God rolled away the stone in my eyes, in my heart. The next, the next, the, that day, I mean, God set me free so much. I mean, I got on fire. You understand me? I mean, like, it wasn't no religion, baby. It was real. I mean, I knew I'd been living my life on well, feelings, feelings. You know, I mean, I've been living my I mean, I was, I was jacked up in God. I mean, it's like, dang, I felt, I felt the presence of God just go, wow, and I go, ah! I mean, I'm telling people, my brother and sister, they're here. I mean, I preach to everybody. I didn't care where you were, who you were. I was telling you about Jesus. I promise you. I mean, I went through the strip and started telling people that night. And I didn't know any scripture, but I knew if you didn't know Jesus, you're going to hell. I'm serious. But can I tell you something? That was 34 years ago on May 15th, my anniversary, my new birthday. And the amazing thing is, When I think about today, I didn't join this thing to be a preacher. I never wanted to be a preacher, actually. I never did. I never dreamed I'd be a preacher. But I knew when God set me free, I had to tell people. I lived in the streets for eight and a half years all across America. I lived in Salvation Army stations, mission stations, all kinds of stuff, and just shared with people about the Lord. I didn't give, I didn't care. And listen, God doesn't save you to make you a preacher. God saves you to find your purpose in life. You need an even now moment. Even now. Even now, God loves you, wants to forgive you. God, even now, God's got a plan for your life. Even now. And you know, I want to tell you this. The amazing thing about God I stand here. You know what's kind of cool this morning? Zach calls me. I always call all my pastors and pray for them. Zach calls me. He said, Dad, I've been up since 4 o'clock. I said, well, I beat you 3.30. Anyway, I always got to beat him, you know, and just praying. He said, Dad, I was just praying for the service, praying for you, praying for the people. And so we prayed together. 
And when I got the phone with my son, I hung up the phone and I started crying. Why did you cry, Pastor Bob? Because, see, you don't know this. 34 years ago, not 34, but when I gave my life to Jesus, Zach's 27, fixing to be 28. 28 years ago, when God gave me that little boy, he was bald-headed, fat. But I remember bringing him in his little red wagon in Tacoma, Washington. And rolling back. And I remember praying over him. God, let him love to worship you. God, I don't know what he's going to be, but I pray that he'll love you with all of his heart. Pray that, God, you would use him. You pour out. And I've done that for all my sons. God's given me a word for all my children. That doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm not standing here saying I'm perfect. But I know this, I serve a risen Savior. And whatever dream you have, God can resurrect it and make whatever you, all those prayers, they're not for God. Your works in God are not for God. What we did with the eggs yesterday, that was eggs, okay? That won't be forgotten because it was in his name. Anything ever done in his name is never forgotten. You see, you go, Pastor, why are you saying all that? Because let me just tell you something. I'm, I'm coming to the end right here. I'm going to shut it down. God loves you. He knows right where you're at. You know, I understand that I I didn't realize that dead things don't say dead when resurrection, they just, when resurrection walks in. And see, I believe this, the same voice that called Lazarus out of the grave, same voice that wants to call you out of your sins, out of your doubt, out of your discouragement, out of the delay and there's grace there's healing there's freedom no matter what you've done no matter how big your doubts are how bad you've been how alone you are how messed up you are when you come to him loves you he forgives you he makes you brand new and he fills you with the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead he's calling you this morning come out come out come out from that dead place come out whatever you've been hiding behind because I'm going to roll the stone away and I want to put my life into you And you'll never be the same. Never, ever again. Because I've learned this. People put a label on you, but God never puts a label on you. People say you'll never, God never puts a never on anybody ever. People do, but God doesn't. And I've learned this. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. Can I pray for you this morning? Let's just bow your heads, close your eyes. I just want to ask you, can I pray for you? Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Bob, I have my doubts. I've been discouraged. I've lived in depression. I've allowed all these different things to happen in my life. But I need God. I love God. 
but I have, I've, 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 I've just been dealing these things. And this morning, I just, I want you, would you pray for me, Pastor Bubba? If that's you, just raise your hand. No one looking around, just, okay. Raise your hand, really. Okay, raise it high. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Put it down. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord. You say, and, and you say, Pastor Bob, I, I don't know the Lord, but I want him to come into my life, and I want to serve him from this day forward. Would you pray for me, please? I'd gladly pray for you. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I need to give my life to the Lord and trust him with my whole heart. If that's you, just raise your hand. No one looking around. No one looking around. Let me pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else? Put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? This service was just for you. This service was just for you. Jesus said he left the 99 to go after the one. Father, this morning, you know every person here. You know every heart. You know everything that they're walking through. You know everything they're facing. You know, God, the things that just life has put its pressure on their hearts and their minds in their spirits and they want freedom from those things lord they've had doubts they've had delays they've been discouraged they've walked in depression but lord thank you this morning that you call us out you say come out and i pray in jesus name they would come out those things that seem lofty and high and impossible god i thank you that god that they said the bible says no weapon formed against us will prosper and I pray against darkness. I pray against doubt. I pray against discouragement. I pray against depression. And I pray the life of Jesus. I pray your love, your joy, your peace, your freedom, God. To be upon hearts and minds this morning. Where those that felt like I just, you don't know what I'm going through. No, God, we, I don't, but you do. I pray you would come and breathe resurrection life. Roll away those things they thought they could never come out of. And Father, this morning, I thank you for that. If you raise your hand this morning, you want to give your heart to the Lord, I just want you, everybody just pray with me out loud. Can you just join with me and say, Lord Jesus, we're going to pray with you. I come this morning. I need you. I want to serve you. Come on, say it with me. Say, I want to serve you with all my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my doubts. I want to trust you with all my life. In my marriage, with my children, with my future, I trust you. Help me to have the power to live, to honor and please you. Let me just pray. Father, I thank you as we prayed that prayer. I thank you for those that prayed in faith and believe you, Father, that you would do what only you can do. Thank you that I can't save anybody, but only you can. And I thank you for the power of the gospel, that, God, it's the good news, that you love us and you care for us and you want to reveal yourself to us. Now I pray your presence and your peace upon every mind and every heart here this morning. I pray it. In Jesus' mighty name.